out of Nehemiah, the third chapter, and verse 1, then I'm going to read verses 10 through 12. Nehemiah, the third chapter, verse 1, then verses 10 through 12, and these are some names that I'm going to work at here. It may not necessarily be correct for all you Hebrew scholars, but I'll do my best. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it even unto the tower of Mia. They sanctified it under the, unto the tower of Hananiel. Now, um, right after this scripture, there follows a listing of who built what portion of the city walls. And I want you to pay strict attention to verse 10. And next unto them repaired Jediah the son of Harumoth, even over against his house, and next unto him repaired Hattush the son of Hashbaniah. I said that, but it's verse 12. I want you to pay attention to verse 10. I'm sorry. Malkajah, the son of Harim, and Hashub, the son of Pahath Moab, repaired the other piece and the tower of the furnaces. And next unto him repaired Shalom, the son of Halohish, the ruler of the half part of Jerusalem. And this is what I want you to look at. He and his daughters. Only place in the Bible that you see the daughters doing anything with a father. And this is important. So I've preached many times on men and their sons. I'm going to preach on men and their daughters tonight. And all the ladies said, all right, all right. You may be seated. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to a 1950s statement. Floyd would remember that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Floyd. You, you and I. No, you're younger than I am. I better forget. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got his attention. He'll listen to the rest of it anyway. Here we go. <laughs> Nehemiah had made it. Nehemiah had the posh job. And this is the statement He was the cat's meow. That's a 50 statement. A cat's meow. Never could figure out what that really meant, but I thought it sounded good under these circumstances. He wanted for nothing. And he was the envy of all the rest of the people around him. But the important part of what Nehemiah and what Nehemiah really was was this next statement. When the news came that Jerusalem's walls were torn down and the city lay in ruins, Nehemiah's heart was broken. And he simply said this to the king. He said, how can I be happy when my city lies in ruins? How can I be happy when my city lies in ruins? So with authorization from the king, Nehemiah takes a trip to Jerusalem. He tours the city by night and he notices the missing gates and the breached walls. And anyone and anybody could come in and, and go out of the city because the walls were breached. The gates were down. So there was nothing. It lied in ruins. So Nehemiah begins the rebuilding process. Follow me closely. He begins the rebuilding process. Workers were not assigned in a random haphazard method not at all 
with a divine stroke of inspiration, this godly leader outlined the method to be employed in rebuilding the wall. Each father was to build a portion of the wall next to his own house. That's what he was supposed to do. Throughout the third chapter of Nehemiah, we read that men were assigned to build the wall opposite their own houses. Jediah repaired the wall opposite his house in verse 10. Benjamin and Hashub repaired the wall opposite their house in verse 23. The priests made repairs in front of their houses in verse 28. Zadok made repairs in front of his house, verse 29. Meshulam made repairs in front of his house in verse 30. It was Nehemiah's goal to build and have a strong wall. And his strategy was simple. It was to place men who had the vested interest into a work in a part of the wall that meant something to them. It meant something to them. Let me ask you something, men. Does building strong walls next to your home mean something to you? Come on now. Does it mean something to you to build strong walls? Does it mean something to you to stand firm on those walls and say, nothing comes any further. I'll put more mortar in the wall. I'll reinforce the wall. I'll do whatever's necessary, but this wall will not be breached. Praise God. Shalom was one of the men working on the wall. And he was a ruler of half the city of Jerusalem. He and his daughters worked rebuilding the wall, presumably opposite their own house. You know, there's just something about the idea of a girl coming out to help you build a wall that just doesn't set well with a lot of us. We just can't understand that. Girls do dumb things. I took my daughter squirrel hunting one time. There's young people here that need to hear this. And I, I put her next to what I thought was a massive tree. I said, stand here while ice go yonder and kill thou squirrel. I was sneaking down there with my best engine act. I was all bent over, you know, and had tomahawk and hand knife in the other hand, went after that squirrel. And all of a sudden, crash! I looked back and that big tree was rotten and she leaned against it and knocked the whole thing down. And I looked back at her and she said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> then I took her on another squirrel hunt and wound up killing a ten-point buck. And I jumped out of the tree and left her up the tree. And, you know, I, you know she, I was so excited I jumped down. I wanted to get that deer before somebody come poached it from me, you know. And, and, then, and I looked back and there she sits up in this tree. You know, how am I going to get down, Dad? <laughs> These are memories that I will have for a lifetime, and I cherish those memories. And we can laugh and we can have a good time, but any time you spend with your daughters, men... They're good times. Father has three roles. Jerusalem, the Bible says, is the mother of us all and has been compared to the church of the living God in Galatians 4.26. The church is called a heavenly Jerusalem in Hebrews 12.22. 
And when it comes time to build a strong church, however, it takes strong men who want to build strong families. Nehemiah chose fathers to step forward and build those walls. Shalom indicates the three roles of a father. Number one, the father is a builder. A strong church is made up of strong families. And as long as I'm pastor here, I will push this issue and I will push this issue because we need strong families. I know some of you are single parents. I realize that. But even in being a single parent, you can still be strong. And you can still be strong. If you're a mother alone, you can still be a strong mother. And you can find a man that will help you just encourage that daughter or encourage that son along the way. Because we're going to have a strong church that's going to make it to heaven. And that's made up of strong families. Whether you be single, whether you be married, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a strong family. And strong families are normally led by strong fathers. Nehemiah was ashamed and he was heartsick over a weak Jerusalem where the walls once stood tall and strong. It was now humbled and weak. Where once massive gates graced the walls, they were now burned and destroyed. Hey, a marauding skunk could have got into the place. I remember marauding skunks trying to get into my house a few times. They're boyfriends of my daughter. Yeah. Marauding skunks. Well, you know, you have to look at what the Ammonites had to say about the wall of Jerusalem. You know, they were all set back there, Sam Ballot was saying, well, here's those, those crazy Jews coming to try to build the walls again and rebuild the gates. And you know, Tobiah says, why, even if a fox got on that thing, he'd just knock it down. You know, that's what they thought of the whole thing. And that would encourage, are you hearing me, men? That would encourage me. you got somebody who says, well, no matter what you do, you're not a strong father. Your daughter's going to do whatever she wants to do anyway. That's when you stop and you say, absolutely not. I've raised her the right way. I have done things the right way. And she will not go the way of the world. She'll not go the way that everybody else goes. She will not because I have put good things in her. She's been to church. She knows what faithfulness is. She knows that I built strong walls around my house. Or once massive gates graced the walls, again they were burned. Nehemiah's answer was to get men involved. Each Christian home should have walls of Christian discipline. Each strong home, each strong wall should be made up of Christian discipline. Can I say it again? Christian discipline, Christian teachings, Christian attitudes. Christian attitudes. And I'm not just talking about beating my son or my daughter because they don't have one. I'm talking about men and mothers who have the same good Christian attitudes that sets the kind of example that builds a strong wall. Father's not only a provider. It's not enough to go to work. It's not enough to go to work. Come home and throw your check at your wife. It's not enough. Father is also a builder of spiritual walls. In the wilderness journey, the tabernacle with its glory cloud formed the center of the encampment. All of the tribes, clans, and families were camped in order about the tabernacle. God's presence was a focal point of their lives. 
the focal point. God's presence still needs to be the focal point. I don't care what the world is saying to you. I don't care what the church down the road is saying. I don't care what the the high-ranking denomination has got 10 million people in attendance is saying. We're still going to build things with Christian attitudes, walls that are built by Christian, come on, disciplines and Christian teachings. I'm not talking about any Christian. I'm talking about apostolic one God Bible teaching. To have a family living in divine order, God must be the hub. All else must must spoke and build from that priority. Everything must spoke from the hub. The hub is our Savior, and that's where everything originates. I can't move unless He moves me. I can't, I, I can't make up my own mind. Are you hearing me? Unless I know what thus saith the Lord. Everything that I do and say, I've got to base it on what this book says. Traveling in the wilderness, the church went first. The priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant went up, went up first, and the tribes followed. It is the spiritual responsibility of each father to make absolutely certain that church is a priority in his family's lives. All right, I'm going to come down here, man. Man, I'll be able to get back up there. Now, I'm going to say this, and I, I, I'm going to say this, and I want everybody to get, you, you, you need to give me your ear for a moment. I realize that sometimes we can have so many activities in church that it can take away from family time. All right? No one puts a hammerlock on you and makes you do church activities over not spending time with your children. But on the other side, let's get a balance here. The church is the body of Christ. What is done in the church serves the Lord. So my children need to be taught that church is important and that we serve God through some of these activities that we do. And we spend time fellowshipping to learn from other Christians to help other people along the way, the same way with our home groups. But also there comes a time when Dad says, tonight is family night. The TV's booted out the door. I'm not going to... I have to throw TV in there. The computer goes out the door. You thought I forgot, didn't you? The iPad goes out the door. Got to get them all. The iPhone goes out the door. Lord. You know, I read something the other day where it said that people can do without anything except their iPhone. That, there was a percentage of it. He said, people were asked, he said, what can you do without anything but my iPhone? I understand that. <laughs> you know, it's just something about having it there. You're addicted to it. You know, somebody's going to say something important to you. You know, you, know, you might get a, a text message that says, how are you today? You gotta hurry up because you heard it go ding and you gotta get that answered. And you leave your kids somewhere else, not doing anything with them. It may be passe if you would, but it's still good to play board games. Come on. 
Take your daughter out and teach her how to throw a knife or a tomahawk. Come on. That's what I do. I have to work from what I understand. You understand that? And then we just go a little bit further with that. You can go have a, a tea party with her. You can teach her about the Boston Tea Party. You know, you, you, you need to get her because this is what a father does. His family is a priority. His family's lives are priority. He's building strong walls. You know what he's building when he takes time to get down in the floor and play with them? They're saying, my dad believes I'm important to him. Dad knows that I'm important. He put the phone away, the computer away, and he's playing with me. You know, it doesn't matter whether you know what to do or not, and you can be bored as you possibly can. It's a fact that you are taking the time to spend with those children that makes all the difference in the world. My kids still bring up things I don't have a clue. I don't have. I don't remember it. You know, I don't remember. Well, you did this with us. You did that with us. I don't remember. Must have been another dad around here somewhere. You know, I. I but you know the thing. <laughs> maybe this mom did it, and they're just giving me or giving me grace here. I, I don't know. <laughs> the father is a builder, but the father is also a watchman. Later in the rebuilding process of the city, Nehemiah carried the responsibility of fatherhood a step further. After the walls had been built, Nehemiah set up watchmen. And again, watchmen were placed opposite of their own houses. That's where they watched. Opposite their own houses. And Nehemiah 7 and 3 said, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them. And appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, everyone in his watch, and everyone to be over against his house. That was the watching. Each man watched over the wall his hands had built. Don't you let some devil come in to destroy what your hands have built. Don't you let some devil come in with some kind of attitude and they think there's something. I Listen, I, I'm the first one that you want to win everybody. But there's a certain attitude and spirit that can be brought into your house by people that shouldn't be there. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. You know when you've talked to them, you know whether they're, they're winnable or not or whether they're, they're even really interested. The only thing they're interested in is your daughter. They come in here occasionally. Are you hearing me? If you're in here and you're one of those spirits, watch out. Maybe I'm a little old-fashioned tonight, but I'm going to just say what I feel. It's something else. You know, you don't come in after the girls. You come in after Jesus. And if you get what you really need from God, maybe the girl will come later. And you dads, you need to be sure that you enforce that. You be sure that you enforce that. Not only, not only are the walls to be built by godly fathers, they are again to be watched and maintained regardless of the home's occupants, regardless of their age. Regardless of their age. Did you build that home? Did you build those walls? Are they living there in something you built under your rules? 
Oh, I may not get a whole lot of amens out of this. Are you going to allow them to do what they want to do when they want to do it? When you've built this thing, you have bled for them. I want to believe that it never would happen, but I'm also not naive to think that sometimes in the public school system they can get the wrong things put inside of them. So regardless of their age and their status in life, the home is to be protected by the Father. He is the builder and He is the watchman. Some enjoy watching other people's homes. Oh, yeah. They're not busy watching it. They're up on the wall, but they're looking down on their neighbor's home, criticizing everything he does. Why that lazy bum, he's up there on the wall to sleep. Come on. I've seen them. Their kids are out there dirty, nasty, eating worms and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, they're in the house there just you know, but pretend that their kids don't exist. Well, you know, I, I'm not telling you that's right. But I'm also telling you if you're not careful, they're going to be watching what you do wrong. Yeah, they love to criticize. But Nehemiah commanded men to watch the wall over their own house. Don't worry about your neighbor. Watch the wall over your house. Because if every man does what's right, all of it will be guarded. Children can learn much in Sunday school. But, Father, it's your responsibility to teach them. Don't you expect the Sunday school at McCormick's Creek Church to teach your kids all about right and wrong. Not when they're going home to messes. What they learn from you is often more powerful and lasting than anything that they're going to learn here. Now, I'm telling you the truth. You know, my kids are in church today. My grandkids are in church today. Not just because I'm the preacher up here. and we do. It's because that we put good things in them all their life at home. And we tried our best to live the best life we possibly could at home. And that's what it still takes. That's guarding the walls. That's guarding your home. That's the right way. You know, I've read this before, but I want to give it to you again. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns confidence. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns to find love in the world. You're defending the home by providing a positive example. Let your children see you care. Let them see your concern. The next one is the father is a priest. Earlier in the process of rebuilding Jerusalem, Ezra the priest taught the law before the men of Israel in Ezra 9. It was anticipated that what was taught the men would impact the families. The father is to be the spiritual head of the home. He is in a sense a priest. And on that original Passover, it was the father's job to make certain the lamb was within the home and the blood was applied to the doorpost. A pastor once uh, did this little... Um, survey across the youth, the Pentecostal youth across the nation. 
And he asked this simple question. He said, who is the dominant in your home, your mother or your father? And 99% of them said their mother. 99%. Now, how does that happen? Why does that happen? A woman sees her husband is not fulfilling his role as the spiritual leader of the home. So she steps in the gap, and because the father refuses to occupy the role. When you refuse to occupy the role, then she'll step into the gap. She'll be the dominant one. A woman wants to feel protected. Your daughter wants to feel protected. I'm not just talking about beating up her boyfriend. I'm talking about the demons that try to come in, the questions that she has, things that bother her. God seeks a man to step into the gap. He looks for a father who's willing to intercede for his family. Shalom was busy, not too busy for his daughters. Shalom had an important job, but it did not detract him from his mission as a father. He walked that short distance to his assigned duty. He lifted one stone after another. He hadn't worked long before he heard the laughter and the footfalls of his daughters. Dad, what are you doing? I'm sure that they asked him that question. Shalom would reply, he said, well, I'm building the wall to protect our house. But they would say, but don't you have something more important to do, Dad? Shalom stops and he smiles at the girls and he said, nothing is more important to me than you girls being safe. Nothing is more important to me than you girls being safe. So like girls would do, they probably giggled and run to their father and he was nasty and sweaty and grimy. And they embraced him and then they surprised him and they said, can we help, Dad? And I'm sure he said, sure, girls, you can, I can use your help. So we find in the Bible that Shalom and his daughters helped to build the wall. If all the men would stand with me. We often speak of the special relationship of a father and a son. But when the young man crosses the platform to receive a diploma, he usually says, Hi, Mom. Because there's a special relationship between a father and his daughter. I recent, recently heard uh, about, this is from Charles Stanley. He was a pastor, or he is a pastor of a First Baptist Church in Atlanta. He was on focus on the family. And one thing kept surfacing in the conversation, and, and that was the importance of a father in his daughter's life. Your daughter needs to find security in her father, or she'll find it somewhere else. She needs to find care from her father. She needs to sit on her daddy's lap, and if you think that's perverted, there's something wrong with you. Because a daughter is going to seek affection somewhere. A daughter should respect her father, not resent him. A daughter should love her father, not hate him. A daughter should be proud of her father and not pity him. Men, fulfill the roles that God's placed in your lives. Be a builder and a watchman and a priest. Would you come down here and stand along the front for me, please? I know it's a little different tonight. I wanted to do it last week. 
and I had other things going. <laughs> she to come down here. Well, this is so good to see this, this many men here. You know how much it does my heart good. All you daughters, just come in behind. You don't have to, you can't get right behind your dad, it's okay, but just come in behind. And the rest of you, mothers, if you stand with me. I want to see us continue in the spirit that we have seen in this church. This is an evangelistic revival. I, the um, brother, I can never think, the missionary. My wife, can someone help me with his name? Grossbach. Grossbach. He made a statement to me uh, Sunday before last. He was here. And he said that... He had never been to a church that had, and it wasn't just our worship. He said it was the spirit of, and he called it old-time revival. And what he meant by that was the people were stirred up, thus you naturally have growth as a result of it. And that's what he called it. And he said God spoke to him the word identity while he was in this service. Identity. And he said... It went on that, that, that we, and he just felt like he said that you are going to be identified as something special in your community because of what's going on there. And he said, there was two other words, and I was trying to hope they would come to me. I think I've got them written somewhere, but I, I'll, I'll bring them to you. But I know I remember identity was the first one that he had said, but there, were, there again, there's two others that he said. And, and as a result of all this, we're going to have revival. But that is, that is and pardon, please, ladies, I, I hope that I'm, I'm not taking away from anything. We've got the greatest prayer, praying women in the face of the earth, and thank God for it. Because this is, I believe it was the ladies' prayers that got what we have here right now. Now we've got the men praying and, and carrying the role that they need to be carrying. All right, I, I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. The rest of you females that are daughters, I don't care if you're a daughter of, of Goliath, come down here. All of you. If you're a daughter, come down here. I guess that takes everybody, doesn't it? <laughs> Stay behind them. Don't get her mingle with them. I mean, this okay. You can. Okay. I know Brother Sebastian needs a lot of help, so it's all right. I'd just like for you to pray for these men that God can help them to not just identify their role, but to fulfill their role. And, and some, let me add something else to this. That they not grow weary in well-doing. And realizing the rest of that scripture that they will reap if they faint not. Don't grow weary in being what you are. Don't grow weary in being the strong man that builds the wall around your home. Don't grow weary in that. And let's put it to the ministry as well. Each one of your ministries, you're building strong walls to keep those ministries safe. Keep building. But don't forget how important your family is. And let's pray together. Some of you, some of you ladies, it's okay. I'll let you lay hands on the guy in front of you. Pray for him.
Pray for him. Not on his shoulder. It's okay. Pray for him that he continues that role. Let's just pray together right now. Father. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be afraid to build your walls strong, men. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of saying no to your daughter when she doesn't know the best thing for her. She may be mad at you for a short time, but she's also going to know that you care enough to say no. Believe me, it'll all come back to you if you do it right the first time. It never stops. And again, I want to say, I know this has been a little different service, but this is something that's been on my heart. And I was not going to let this get away from me. Because I felt like God has really laid it on my heart to do this this evening. Is to thank you for all the support. Thank you, men, for having my back. I've got some of the best leaders in this church I've ever had in my life. It's 26 years I never had the feeling that I've got right now with what we've got here in this church. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for being strong. Continue to be strong. It's not just for me. I want you to be able to walk your daughter down the aisle one day and be proud of her. And know that she's going to marry a guy and everything's the way it should be. You understand what I'm saying? That's what we all want. That's what we all want. Lord bless you. Tell that daughter beside you, or if she's not a daughter, she's a girl that likes you, can't figure it out, why? Tell her you love her and appreciate her too. You're dismissed.